Welcome to Christ Church Pops, a podcast of Christ Church Parish in Pensacola, Florida. Here we'll be sharing the preaching of the parish, both recent and from the past, as well as conversations with the people of the parish. So let's go. So making these podcasts has been fun. The interviews we have with people in the church and we get to share sermons. But there's one thing about when we share the sermons. They seem to be kind of one-offs. We may pick a sermon from six years ago. We may pick another one from two years ago. So we thought it would be fun to pick three in a row that, that we preached a couple months ago. And this is the last of those three sermons that were done at the end of the season after Pentecost in November of 2023. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be seated. And first of all, this has nothing to do with my sermon. I just want to say it anyways. Sometimes if you want to know what we believe, the best place to look is in the hymns that we sing. Some of them are beautiful and very succinct uh, statements of our theology. For example, the first song that we sang, Crown Him with Many Crowns. By the way, it's today is Christ the King Sunday, so you'll notice there's a theme through the music and the readings. But the third verse goes, Crown Him the Lord of Life, who triumphed o'er the grave, and rose victorious in the strife for those He came to save. His glories now we sing, who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die. It's a beautiful statement of what we believe about life and death. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. I've had this joke that I've used for like 17 years as a priest. And that is when I see somebody do something particularly faithful, I say you get extra points. And y'all have heard me say it from the pulpit lots of times. For example, you all in this room right now in person, online, a little bit different, who chose to weather the cold and the rain to come to church on the Sunday after Thanksgiving while we're doing construction, you get extra points. The few, the proud, those who gathered together this morning. Or, I didn't know they were going to be in the room, When we did Consecration Sunday, which is where we lay our gifts on the altar, there was a family there with their two small children and and very pregnant waiting on their third. And I said, when's the big day? And she said, tomorrow. And I said, and you're here? You get extra points. Is that what we believe faith is like? We earn points for doing good things. We lose points for our sins. And at the end, you weigh them all out. And if you ended up with more good than bad, you're a good person and get to go to heaven. And if you don't, you don't. The Episcopal Church is a Protestant church. Our official title is the Protestant Episcopal Church of the United States. And the Protestant movement was a time when all of Western Europe was dominated by one church out of Rome. And they began to protest some of the beliefs and actions. And they wanted reform, which is why it's often called the Reformation. Now, a couple things about that. One, we as a church ended up taking and keeping a lot of the traditions and practices of the Catholic Church and not throwing it all out. So there's a whole story there that I won't get into. And also, that was the Catholic Church 500 years ago, right? They've changed a lot since then. And sometimes Protestants are still criticizing the church 
for what the church believed 500 years ago. And some of their criticisms may not have even been fair as far as practice. But one of the beliefs that they were protesting, that they wanted to see reformed, was what you need to do to get into heaven. Were you justified or made right before God by your works or by your actions? No, by your works or by your faith. Whether the Catholic Church believed in salvation through works, there was certain practices that they were doing, again, 500 years ago, that led people to believe that you could do certain things to get into heaven. For example, a big one was, if you give the church a bunch of money, you get to go straight on in called indulgences back in the day. By the way, we don't believe that. So if you made a large donation to our capital campaign, I'm sorry, I have nothing to say to you about salvation. It's not connected. But what the Protestants said is, no, salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, the early church, and it's quoted both in Acts and Romans, really clung to this idea found in Joel that says, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Or I always like to point out that the only person in the New Testament we know gets into heaven is the thief on the right hand of Jesus. And he didn't do anything. All he said to Jesus was, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. So if you look at at Romans, if you look at the New Testament as a whole, you'll see that it's about turning to Jesus. It's not even what we believe, like the certain beliefs that we have, but it's who we put our trust in. So Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote famously, It is by faith, without good works, and prior to good works, that takes us to heaven. We come to God through faith alone. So what we believe, it is not about what you do or don't do, that makes you right before God and gets you into heaven. It is about relying upon the grace of Jesus Christ and turning to him for salvation. But yet, there are certain parts of the Bible that make it seem that it's about your works. For example, in today's gospel, Jesus splits everybody into two camps. We're going to make you all the sheep, and you all over there are the goats. You're on my left side. That's how it works. And I have no idea why sheep are good and goats are bad. That's a whole other conversation. And he looks at the good sheeps over this side and he says, Hey, you guys loved me and served me when I was on earth. When I was hungry, you fed me, yada, yada, yada. And they said, No, Jesus, we never did that for you. And he said, Whenever you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And then he looked at those goats over there. You all. And he said, You didn't feed me. You didn't take care of me, yada, yada, yada. And therefore, and they said, whoa, whoa, Jesus, if we had seen you, we would have done it. And he said, well, whenever you didn't do that for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. Now you all get to go into heaven and you all get to burn, right? And the inference there is it's about what you do in life. Did you feed people? Did you take care of people? Did you love people in such a way that you treated them like Jesus? If you did, go on in. If you didn't, you're going back. And that's not the only story in the Gospel of Matthew that does that. There's two other ones in this sort of big, long set of teachings that we're in the, at the end of right now. 
We have the one last week, right, where Katie preached and talked about the, 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 the different slaves that were given a talent to invest. And the one who didn't invest it, who just hid it away, at the end it says they were thrown out and sent to where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Or if you go even before that, there was a situation where a rich young man came to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, follow all the laws. Again, notice it's what you do. And then he goes, well, I already do that because he was arrogant. And then Jesus said to his arrogance, well, then give away everything that you own. And he walked away sad because he had many possessions. And then he goes on to say, Jesus says, it'll be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. All three of these make it seem like it is what we do in life that gets us right with God and in salvation. But yet that's not what we believe. So what's going on here? See, I think Jesus is using the construct of eternal judgment to do a point of teaching. Because I believe that Jesus is using what they would expect, which is following the laws, doing right by people, will get you in, in order to make a point, and then Jesus is going to radically shatter that understanding of salvation when he dies on a cross and rises from, from the dead. In other words, he's setting up this idea of what they would have expected, and then he's going to mess it all up when he dies on a cross and say, instead of your works, it's actually by grace. One of the reasons I believe that is at the end of that that story about the rich young man where I told you, where he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven, his disciples get very nervous because it seems like they're not going to live up to it. And so they say, well, then, 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 then who can be saved? And Jesus says, for man it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. In other words, you won't be able to earn your salvation. But God is going to give it to you anyways. So in each of these stories, we're supposed to associate with the people who have been kicked out. For example, when you heard the story of the sheep and the goats, if you thought you were a sheep, then you're wrong. We're supposed to see ourselves in this story as the goats. Because you could be the nicest person in the world who loves people and takes care of people, but there are certain people in your life that you do not treat like Jesus. There are lots of people in my life that I do not treat like Jesus. And so we're supposed to be on that side and realize not that this has anything to do with our salvation, but Jesus is trying to teach us something else. So in short... We are saved because we turn to Jesus, not because of what we do. You are not the sum of your goods and bads. You are a beloved child of God who is offered salvation as a free gift from Jesus Christ. So now let's put that aside and say if that's not what this story is about, this story is not about your ultimate salvation, then what is Jesus saying? I think it's more deep than saying that Jesus says just to be good to other people and help them. I think Jesus is teaching us that we are to look for Jesus in all people and love them because of that. For all of us are beloved children of God. All of us 
have some spark of the divine in us. All of us are imprinted by the love of God that we know in Jesus Christ. Jesus is in all people. All people. And it's our job to find that Jesus in other people and love them because of it. We don't treat people in the same way God does not treat us based on what we have done or not done. We do not treat people by the sum of their mistakes or their successes. We love them not because of what they have done, but because they are a beloved child of God and Jesus is in them. A couple weeks ago, I preached on our baptismal covenant. And in that, I talked about the line where it says there that one of our promises in baptism is that we will seek and serve Christ in all people. We are to find people and look inside of them and see Jesus and love them because they are a beloved child of God like you and me. And the way that we are to love them is the way that we would love the king of the universe. And when we don't do that, when we're goats, like you all over there, we're offered forgiveness and a new start in grace and we try it again. Because that does not dictate our value. What we do is not how we're justified and it's certainly not how we're saved. We are saved by grace. And living in that grace, living as if we are beloved children of God, justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, we then look and see Jesus in all people and love them the way that we have been loved. Amen. Thank you for listening to Christ Church Pops. Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, hit like, and share with your friends. And please join us for worship in person or on YouTube or Facebook. And you can learn more about Christ Church at Christ-Church.net. This podcast is by Father Michael Hoffman and Reverend Katie Gillette and edited by Jake Wolstatter. Christ Church exists to show everyone God loves them unconditionally. So remember God loves you and have a blessed day.